Spider-Man just broke the world, so now he's gotta fix it. Today I'm talking about Spider-Man No Way Home. This is Scott's Indulgent Movie Podcast. Hello, movie friends. Welcome to Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. I am Scott, and today I'm talking about Spider-Man No Way Home, which is uh, the finale of the Home trilogy of Spider-Man movies, and easily the biggest movie of the last year. So it took me a while to see it, uh, basically, because I wanted to go to a theater safely and finally was able to do so. And yeah, I really enjoyed this movie, and I'm going to tell you why. So without further ado, let's get started. Well, I can finally re-enter society. Proving that the weight of expectations from their movies looms largest, Marvel has taken over all of the nerddom and movie talk for the last two to three months with the final piece of their Spider-Man Home trilogy with No Way Home. We've got all the pieces, great responses from fans and critics alike, incredible box office numbers, even in the midst of a pandemic, and a bunch of fun bits for Spidey and Marvel in general. So why the fuss? Well, let's dive into that. After his life is blown up by Mysterio's dying message, Peter Parker is attempting to live a normal life, with little success. He's had to move, he and his friends are having tons of trouble getting into their dream schools. Hoping to make things right for his friends, Peter visits Doctor Strange to reset everyone's memory, in particular to forget that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. But when Strange's spell accidentally sends a multiverse's worth worse <laughs> multiverse's worth of Spider-Man's foes his way, Peter will soon have to find a solution that sits right with the universe and his conscience. So I had a lot of fun with No Way Home. Admittedly, I'm in the sweet spot for this movie, since we've got characters and callbacks from all the Spider-Man films flying in, and I was a high schooler when Spider-Man movies started coming out. It means I know all of the characters and know all of the references on site. So yes, that's an automatic enhancement for this movie. That said, it still works, regardless of your experience, for four reasons. Reason number one is theme. The first is the strongest theme or through line of the home trilogy. Peter has been playing around Spider-Man's central theme or defining theme for a long time. Put another way, Peter hasn't had to make very hard choices between his desires and responsibility thus far. Homecoming was about him accepting his limitations and only acting when necessary, and Far From Home is about trying to live up to Tony Stark's legacy and expectations. The changes to his life, though, are so significant, and his attempts to fix it is so equally giant, so when it does go haywire this time, he's duty-bound to solve it. But how he tries to solve it is what challenges him. Does he do what he's been told to do, or does he do what he would do? It's a great central idea for a Spider-Man movie. Reason number two is that this is Peter's movie. The second reason this movie works so well is that it truly feels like Peter's journey. While I've liked the father-son dynamic between P Tony Stark and Peter throughout the Marvel films, it feels like that Peter's always had an Iron Man size inspiration or backup plan. But this is Peter's lesson to learn on his own based on his choices. And the further away he gets from his Marvel allies, the more it feels like his journey. Now, I have a bigger thing to say about this, but I'll have to wait for the spoiler-filled version of the review. Reason number three is tone balance. Thus far, the home trilogy has gotten the tone half right. It's gotten the awkward teen comedy aspect down pat, in part thanks to funny bit players and the chemistry of the cast. 
this has been John Watts' comfort zone, which unfortunately means that the melodrama that comes naturally in a Spider-Man movie hasn't hit as hard. There's been some standout scenes, a la the car scene in Homecoming, but there's been some big set pieces or moments that didn't hit like they should. Fittingly enough, by handling a more serious and darker story, No Way Home gets the emotional and, dr emotional and dramatic moments right. The comedy is there to cut the tension versus the drama interfering with the comedy. Peter has some very tough moments in this movie, including some rough action beats, and it makes a world of difference. And reason number four is that this is Spider-Man action. Director John Watts has gotten progressively better at Spider-Man action beats, and these are his best scenes to date. What makes a difference here? Setups and location. Homecoming had a location problem, because they kept staging Spider-Man-styled action scenes in situations where his signature bit, web-swinging, was a no-go. We're talking boats, planes, and warehouses. No Way Home was better, but Spider-Man isn't really fight-a-bunch-of-robots-type hero. Here we've got a great blend, because we have bits where Peter is swinging around trying to stay alive while figuring out a solution, and brutal up-close hand-to-hand combat when he's relying on his strength and combat skills. Again, I won't go into too many details for fear of spoilers, but these scenes are what I want from Spider-Man action to look, to look like without feeling stale. The verdict is it's fun stuff. By looking to Spider-Man's past, No Way Home finds strong footing for an excellent finale. 8 out of 10. This has been Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie World, for the latest reviews, discussions, and more. See you next time, everybody, and stay safe.